Welcome to the Investor Coaching Show, a podcast to help you get an insider's view of the financial world and escape common investment traps. We look at the financial news of the day and help you make sense of it so you can relax about money. And here's your host, Paul Winkler. All right, back here on the Investor Coaching Show. Paul Winkler. PaulWinkler.com is the website. PaulWinkler.com. So, you know, we talk a lot, a lot about, you know, what doesn't work, you know, what you don't look at. And, you know, you have people that try to pick which stocks are going to do better than others, try to figure out when to get in the market, when to get out of the market, you know, looking at track record and going, hey, you know, a track record of that fund is really, really good. But, you know, what we know is that Past performance doesn't help in, in any way in really figuring out what future performance is, you know, in the short run. Now we can look at market segments and, and expected returns based on the portfolio, uh, what factors that we're actually exposed to. You know, like for example, if we look at large US companies, the historic return it falls within a certain range. Then you have small companies, a certain range, small value, large value, and so on and so forth. But um, and, and I've talked a little bit about that before, putting things together that historically move in dissimilar price move with dissimilar price movement and those types of things. But you know, what are some of the things that we want to think about? What we want to do is we want to stay away from speculating and gambling and gambling with a portfolio. And and just hoping you're gonna hit it big. You know, then so often what people do is they get behind and they go, Oh man, I'm so behind. I gotta catch up and I gotta, you know, I really gotta find the next big thing out there because I'm so behind, I haven't saved enough money and and I got to get rich quick, and then they end up getting poor fast. Is <laughs> really what ends up happening. Well, there was a, actually a book called The Vigilant Investor, and this guy was a former SEC enforcer, and you know he was looking at how to fraud-proof investments. Pat Huddleston's name, and you know in there he's talking about what it means to be vigilant. You know you're you're going to be keenly watchful. And you're going to be trying to detect danger and be wary and ever awake and alert, you know, sleeplessly watchful. And see, the vigilant investor is the one that understands that human beings are vulnerable to investor fraud or they're invulnerable to marketing. It doesn't even have to be fraud. It can be just marketing that tries to suck you in. And what happens is that people, and I, and this is something else I've talked about this week with somebody who was regards to expectations. You know, what happens is, let's say if I invest in something and I have the expectation, you know, like let's say that um, my expectation is I'm going to get the Bernie Madoff returns, 8% per year. <laughs> uh, and then all of a sudden the market goes down you know, for a couple of years. And I go, wait a minute, I was supposed to get my 8% per year. And then, and then all of a sudden, and maybe the investment is perfectly legitimate. It's not made off. It's actually very legitimate what you're doing. But let's say that, you know, you heard, I'll just use an example. You heard me talking about how large U.S. stocks, uh, historically the return has, uh, has been 10%. Well, you know, when I talk about where does that number come from, going back to the 1920s, Every 30-year period, it's within one, it's been one within one percent of 10% return. Now that doesn't tell you what it's going to do over the next 10 years. I mean, look at the year from 2000 to 2012. You actually lost money in large U.S. stocks. That's a long period of time. 1966 to 1982. You know, the S&P is you know, after inflation zero return after inflation. 
you know, thankfully, you know, as, as an investor, when from 2000 to 2012, we were a whole lot more diversified than that, you know, because that's when I opened the company. But the reality of it is, let's just cherry pick that one little area and say, if you're in there and you're going, I'm expecting, what would you do at the end of 2012? You'd go, oh, this S&P part of the portfolio is just terrible. We got to get rid of this. Now, from that point on, 2012 on, it was one of the better performing areas of the market. And you would have ditched it. So expectations are huge. You know, and you don't want to discount that, you know, if I don't know what to expect and I don't have proper expectations, I can sabotage myself in a big hurry. So anyway, a vigilant investor is going to understand that we are human and we can be pulled in by some really bad stuff. And we're aware that we have biases, recency bias. We look at what just recently did well, and we think it's going to continue on in the future. You know, we're aware of our bias toward things that are familiar. And that can go for even big investment company names. You know, I've heard of that fund company. They must be good. And you don't have a clue. Maybe they just do a lot of advertising. You know, if you look at a lot of the big companies out there and you know here's some of the things that I've talked about over the years I'm picking on some of the biggest firms just so you get the idea that you can't just blindly trust and yet we do so often and a vigilant investor you know can't count on investment cops to keep themselves they can't count on you know these investment, you know, the regulators to come in and save them. And as I've talked about that so many times before, the conversations I've had with regulators, and they're like, yeah, we got on the one hand, we're supposed to, Paul, you know, I was talking to one one day and he goes, on the one hand, we have a freedom to do business in the state. And he says, on the other hand, we want to keep the investor safe, but what we do is we use disclosures. What else can we do? And the reality of it is so many people don't read the disclosures. If they did, they probably wouldn't invest half of the time in the things they're investing in. Like I've talked about, some of the biggest investment firms out there, big ones, if you read the contracts you're signing, you go, oh my goodness, I can't believe you know, that they're doing this. And, I, and I, I, that's another past show topic. But what happens is a vigilant investor remembers and, and re realizes that pride can lead to destruction and not just a fall. And that a lot of the dangerous investment scams and schemes look perfectly legitimate. They look great. And, you know, a lot of times they don't sound too good to be true, you know, because they're on to you about that as well. If something sounds too good to be true, sometimes you're, you're going to be, no, 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 that sounds too good. And you avoid it. So they make it a little bit. You know, they show a couple negatives. And by showing a couple negatives and a couple bad things, you go, oh, okay, they see they're being honest. They're actually showing me some of the negatives. And there are some things, the things that I tell people, there are a couple things that are critical things to look at and investigate to determine the legitimacy of a strategy. You know, when it, you don't want to blindly trust. But what happens is that we think, okay, number one, third-party custody. That was, the, that was the Bernie Madoff thing that I talked about. That was the first thing I talked about when that whole Madoff thing came down. And I think it was the Tennessean, actually, did a good little article saying, hey, there was a big problem. You didn't have a third party. When you invested with Madoff, you made checks payable to, to Madoff. And I've seen stuff like that where people are making out checks to the investment firm, and they don't know what it is. They don't realize it's not a custodian. You know, you want a custodian. You know, so if you read 
the investment prospectus is a mutual funds, you'll see that there's a custodian underlying if you read the fine print. You know, so those are some of the one things I always say, you know, we never, never, ever make checks payable to the investing, you know, company like, you know, us. You'd never make a check payable to me. That, that would be a really bad idea, you know, for, for the investment. Um, you know, if uh, if you look at that and you go, I'm putting my investment, my IRA, and I'm writing out to the investment advisor, you know, that's a pretty bad idea. You want to look at the financials. You want to look at, you know, fines and penalties and those types of things on these on these firms and, and look at that kind of information. Uh, but returns is a, is a big thing. So when we talk about returns, and this is this was started with that conversation with the client the other day, and I was talking about GIPS audited returns. And that stands for Global Investment Performance Standards. So here's the idea is that if you invest with a firm, do you know what the actual return history of their clients? Do you know what their actual client returns were? Now, when I was a broker, basically what we would do is we would show a fund, and this was completely legal. I could show you know, a, an insurance product and say, well, you know, if you, uh, you bought this product over this period of time and you had this mutual fund in it, this is what your return would have been. And it was legal to do that. And you go, well, did you actually own that fund over that period of time? You know what? How many people asked that question in the course of a presentation? Nobody. <laughs> now, I, it was I was a lousy salesperson because I wasn't quite sure that that was a good thing to do. So I, if I did it, I can't even remember if I ever did it. But we were able to do it. I don't remember ever using it that that. But you, we were actually encouraged to do that. Actually, show the return of a fund. Uh, but you know the thing is, is that when you're looking at a performance, I remember one uh, company, really big company in this area, and they would show all five star funds. They would say, here are all the five-star funds, and these are the funds that we ought to, and here's how your performance would have been over the past 10 years had you used these funds. And the question was, were they investing in those funds? And the answer was no. So what I would do is I would actually take the fund returns from the time they put the proposal together, and they had a really nice hardbound book they would give to clients, potential clients. And they would hand them this book and say, here, here's, here's what you're doing now. And they would run Morningstar reports on what a person was doing now. And then they would run the five-star funds, the best funds over the past, you know, three, five, ten-year track record. And then what they would do is they would go and uh, say, oh, here's how much money you would have had if you had done this. And they weren't doing it. Remember, they weren't doing it. They were not investing their clients' money this way. But they were just showing this is what would happen if you had owned these funds. And, you know, come to find out they weren't doing it. I went, I was ornery and I actually ran five star. I, I ran the performance of the funds they recommended from the date of the presentation. Because I kept that book. I kept the, somebody, a client of mine brought that book in because they had been to that investment advisor. And I, I actually ran the returns of the funds. And some of the underperformance was anywhere from one, three, nine percent underperformance versus the benchmarks, the areas of the market that they were investing in. I mean, it was abysmal, really bad. And yet they used this kind of stuff as a presentation to entice people to buy. And you hear this 
look at, you know, here's, here's what we're going to do. Here's, and you know, these, these are the track records. This is, you know, how the investment managers and who the investment managers are, and this is what they research. And, and if you read the, the fine print, here are the strategies that we use. I'll be back right after this. Thanks for tuning in to the Investor Coaching Podcast. Now, you may be one of these people that's listening and realizing, wow, investing, there's a lot more to it than meets the eye and financial planning tax laws constantly changing and recognizing that maybe you might need some help in this area, but you don't want just anybody to help you out. So we have 10 offices in the Middle Tennessee area, and everything we do is fee-only. We align our interests with your interests. So you can get an initial 15-minute phone call with any one of our offices just by going to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. That's it. Every one of the offices is run by somebody with 20 plus years experience. They're all degree planners. They all have academic backgrounds in investing and you can get the help that you need. So if you want to set up a complimentary phone consultation, just go to paulwinkler.com forward slash call. And we look forward to seeing you soon. So I was just talking a little bit about auditing and, and you know, you can look at actual client returns. You know, there are, it's, I remember seeing the statistic and it was like, I want to tell you, it was like 4% of investment firms actually do this, where they have audited returns on actual client returns of the portfolios. And, you know, man, um, what are we investing for? And if we think about it, what we're investing for is returns, and yet we have no clue what the actual financials are. You know, you have no idea of this, and yet this is exactly what global investment performance standards are, is actual audit. It was uh, created by the, uh, the Institute for Chartered Financial Analysts to establish a more uniform standard for reporting returns for financial institutions. It's like 32,000 520, this as of 2023, total registered investment advisors out there. 15,114 SEC registered investment advisors as of 2023. Only 1,709, that's it, claim compliance with GIPS. That's pathetic. That's pathetic. You know, you think about that, it ought to be just a tiny bit more widespread than that, don't you think? And, you know, it's literally you'll have an independent uh, accounting firm that actually determines this. What was the actual what were the actual client returns? And so what happens with investors is that they go with these big mutual fund companies and they go, well, what was the return of, you know, the fund you're putting me in? But, you know, one of the things I've pointed out in the show so many times is if you look at the actual assets in the funds and I've tracked this over time you'll see that the amount of assets and funds is highly correlated with past performance. So in other words, after a fund does well, then people pile into it. But that's too late. The horse is already out of the barn. And then what happens is they get lousy, stinky performance. And then what do people do is they pile out. And actually in my book, Confident Investing, I actually have a really good chart that shows that. It actually shows inflows into markets and outflows when they happen you know if you look at the the research out there 
Dalbar statistics, I talk about that, you know, investor returns versus market returns. You know, you look at the Spiva website I talk about from time to time, SPIVA, and then, you know, Spiva investing, and you can actually look at the fund managers versus markets. You see people throwing darts at stock tables, beating the professionals. Stuff is real. This is why it is so critical to become an informed, educated investor. Kind of an unusual hour, I know. <laughs> hey, this is Paul Winkler. Hope you enjoyed today's edition of the Investor Coaching Show. You want to learn more about what we do, go to our website, paulwinkler.com. You can watch some of the videos there, and if you're not already a client, you can set up a free initial consultation. Until next time, I'm Paul Winkler, reminding you that I believe that more educated investors are more confident investors, and confident investors are more successful investors. Have a great one. Advisory services offered through Paul Winkler, Inc., an SEC-registered investment advisor. The opinions voiced and information provided in this material are for general informational purposes only and not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual. To determine what investments are appropriate for you, please consult with a financial advisor. Paul Winkler, Inc. does not provide tax or legal advice. Please consult your tax or legal advisor regarding your particular situation.